My name is PK from Almost Inevitable Design, and this is the $2.4 million podcast where we talk about web design, web development, and WordPress. Just a heads up, I might be using a bit of profanity at times, which is why I checked on the explicit tag. All right, welcome back to episode 008. Title is Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. All right, that is, if you don't know already, that is an ACDC song off of their album Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap <laughs> from 1976. So it's been quite a while. What, four, 40? Yeah, fucking 43 years. Yeah, anyways. So um, the reason why it's titled Dirty Deeds, oh yeah, by the way, ACDC, um, is an Australian band, and uh, down here I actually bought, <laughs> I actually bought uh, I actually um, bought um, an ACDC branded Shiraz ACDC Shiraz um, at uh, at the uh, BWS. Um, if you're Australian, you know what BWS is. If you don't, it's a liquor store. Um, it's called a bottle store here in Australia, but. In American North American English, it's usually called a liquor store. But anyways, uh, it's a it's a that's what that is. It's a chain of um, liquor stores. Uh, BWS means be beer, wine, and spirits. <laughs> it's true. I'm not kidding. It's true. All right. Um, anyways, so um, I bought um, ACDC Shiraz. So yeah, suffice to say, I'm a fan. Uh, my friends uh, said. Akadeka Red, that's what they say, that's what they call ACDC here, Akadeka. <laughs> yeah, anyways, anyways, um, it's one of my favorite bands. Oh, by the way, here's something that, before we get into the, 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 the actual topic of the day, this, this actually, this occurred to me a lot, and it's about how you name, if you're into music, and if you want to get into this if you if you're online, if you're streaming, or if you're on Spotify, uh, iTunes, whatever, if you're doing music, I think you should name your band with an A letter, because if you go into the artist list, A comes up top. You never go into where you left off. Have you noticed that? Yeah. So you always go into the A. So of course, on um, my list, I have ACDC, and. Adelita's, Adelita's, Adelita's Way, Adima, Aerosmith, AFI, um, Alanis Morissette, uh, Alice Cooper, Alice in Chains, and so on and so forth. But ACDC is always on top, and that's why I listen to them way more than I should now that I'm using uh, Apple iTunes, Apple Music. So, uh, that's a, that's a, I think that's a cool tip, isn't it? Yeah. All right. So, let's see. Um... Today it's, it's titled Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap because we're going to talk about proposals and I think I can talk more, I mean any topic, there's a lot to talk about but um, what I'm going to do a little right for now for this episode is I'm going to at least focus on um, getting together what a proposal I think should be like and should have and um, some, some ideas on why I think it works. So yeah, it's not always, not all of it is what I do personally, or not all of it is not what um, the, the agency I work at, what they, what we do per, um, as a company, but it's just a lot of ideas put together and just a, a, a sort of a comprehensive discussion on that, all right? So 
first off, uh, when you start a proposal, it will come after the briefing, of course, because, why? Well, because um, the whole thing is part of, of uh, what is it, what, the, the process. So it's, it comes after the briefing. You remember the nine-step process? I talked about that in episode three, Smells Like a Freak Show. The, what I think is the standard nine-step web design process is getting the brief, providing the quote, which is the proposal, um, getting the deposit, providing the proof, getting the approval, providing the build, getting the approval, uh, getting the balance, and then providing the migration. The reason why I say providing and getting is because um, it's easy to see who does what, who the subject is. So that's why I say providing and getting for all that. And that's also, you know, I actually, um, you know that I sell uh, courses, right, on my website, almostinevitable.com. And I have a CSS course and I have a Make Divi More Responsive course. Um, I will have to update them when Divi 4.0 comes out, but I'm, I don't anticipate much changes because CSS is CSS. Divi can't change much of CSS. Not mean can't, mean Divi cannot change CSS. But um, the way that you can write it, maybe some of it might change, but I'm pretty sure it won't. Anyways, um, I sell courses and I have a lot of other courses, including some free ones, not technically free, but you know, name your price type courses that I'm working on and um, yeah, people name zero a lot, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I've made a few dollars on that, which is surprising because I didn't expect anything, but yeah, anyways. Um, so this is um, that is also part of another course that I'm currently putting together. It's the web design course and I think it's gonna be a good introductory course to everything and I'm pretty sure I can do a better job than some people who just winged it and are trying to teach how to wing it and I hate those people so um, I think I can do a better job I, at least I have my own approach to it so I'm just gonna publish that as well but anyways the reason why I brought all this up is because um, this whole episode is uh, well these series I'm going through the nine steps I think that's a good uh, you know uh, plan just to use that whole thing and then we can go into other stuff from there so we're going to talk about step two this is about step two it took a while to get here about five six minutes to get here but um, we're talking about step two providing the quote and this is where the proposals come in and now this is tricky because we need to talk about pricing as well but anyways before we talk about pricing because i've already talked about pricing in episode four anything goes um before we talk about pricing a little bit more about pricing um i think one thing that you really need to understand is after you get the brief, you need to sit down and make sure you understand everything that the client wants. All right, that is you need a good summarization of what the client wants and that should show in the proposal. You need to show that you fucking understand what the client wants and you address that, all right? This might sound simple or it might sound like a no-brainer, but a lot of people miss that. A lot of people just send out a templated proposal, templated quote, and they're like, hey, you know, check, check this out. We just, um, five pages for whatever dollars, there you go, pay us and I'll do it. And then they complain 
later on during the process, design process or, or, or development process because the client are saying things that they fucking missed the first time they heard it in the brief. So this happens a lot. So the important thing after you get the brief, and of course, because I cover everything, <laughs> um, we did talk about the brief, the briefing process in episode five, Simple Design. So go check that out if you want to see me talk about briefing. Uh, but anyways, you need to make sure you understand the brief and that's where everything starts, all right? And once you get the brief down, you're gonna need a sitemap. Why? Because you need to show that you understand what the fuck is going on. It's really important because the client needs to understand what the fuck is going on. Why is this important? It's very important. Why? Because clients don't know. They don't know what is what. It's very important that you understand that clients don't know what is what because I didn't. I used to say all these things and clients were like, what the fuck? You know, so, and, and it's, there's a huge, see like even you who are listening to this podcast, I hope someone's listening to this, this, <laughs> this, this podcast, um, even you, even if you're a beginner, you know how websites sort of work. You know, that's why you're doing this. That's why you're doing web development or web design, right? So if if we talk about it, yeah, it's easy. We can understand each other pretty well. We use similar terminology, you know, but not for clients. And that doesn't work that way, which is why if you start rambling, it's either you sound pompous, condescending, like a dickhead, or you sound like you're in your own world, too technical, and nobody understands you. Whichever way it goes, it's still bad, you know? So, um, explaining things clearly in the proposal seems to be a very, very important thing and something that I've seen a lot of people miss. And making a sitemap is a really good first step in having everyone be on the same page having a good sitemap. Now, how do you make sitemaps? Of course, you know, you can use like a regular design software uh, like InDesign or uh, Affinity Publisher. I use Affinity Publisher, but Affinity Publisher or even fucking Microsoft Word. I fucking hate Word, but you can still use that or you can use like Keynote, Apple Keynote or uh, um, Apple Pages, you know, or fucking PowerPoint. You can, can you tell like Whenever I say Microsoft whatever program, I just put fucking in front of it because I fucking hate them. <laughs> Fuck, I hate them. All right, <laughs> anyways, anyways. Um, so yeah, it, as long as they understand um, the structure of the website that you're gonna build, this is really important because, oh boy, some people are just like, for example, you know, like, um, if someone says, if a client says like, you know, we're gonna do this, uh, I want people to uh, either uh, have a, I don't know, wholesale page and a retail page, right? And they say, you know, they should come, you can have two uh, uh, pipelines where, where you can funnel people, uh, they can go come in through the, the, the wholesale uh, uh, route, route or they can come in through like the regular retail customer route, right? But they will both land on the contact page. It'll be the same page. 
So cut down the price of the whole quote because I'm not making two pages. But let's say for example, uh, what you're asking for, like um, uh, the, the contact form will go to a different, different place if it's wholesale, a different uh, recipient if it's a retail, or different phone numbers will be displayed. It has to be at least a different page or if you're good with PHP, um, check which kind of account is logged in and show them the data accordingly, right? So the amount of work that goes in, at least two pages. But they're gonna be like, yeah, see, like, you know, they don't understand. So you need to explain that and then tell them that's why it'll, you know, the amount of work is about the same as two pages. And even though you think it seems like one page, it's actually not, right? Um, and that goes for a lot of things. Like in WordPress, there are three types of screens, I guess you can see, right? Posts, pages, and archives. How are they different? Uh, posts can get categories. Pages do not get categories. They get child pages, uh, but they're actually on, in MySQL, they actually do act like posts, but on the WordPress side, on the front end, they're different. Pages do not get categories. They get child pages. Uh, posts get categories. Archives are categories and it shows, or tags or whatever it is, and it can show everything that fits that search filter result. So post pages and archives, you know? So, um, and this is important because when I make sitemaps, I try to explain in the sitemap, this is an archive and this is a post. That is a page. How are they different? And I add a little explanation. This is why they're different. Whatever you, whatever post you make, it will show up in this archive. So we will design the archive layout, right? But, and that will actually uh, constitute an extra amount of time to design because whatever, whatever, right? And then the post will be, will be designing one post and then the rest of the post, you can add your stuff, you can type in your stuff, you can upload your images and it'll all fall into that template. So we'll be designing one template. It's, we're not gonna be designing 10 posts. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course, right? So that kind of stuff, right? And pages are different, all that kind of stuff. It, the client needs to understand. If they do not understand, it's gonna be a mess when they start clicking around and they end up, especially for WooCommerce websites, e-commerce, if they start clicking around, like if they click a tag, then they go to a whole tag archive page and it's like, what the fuck is this? Because it's not designed and it's like, what? And then you're like, what? And then, you know, like everything needs to be discussed. It needs to be on the sitemap. And that actually shows you exactly how many pages of proofs in the proof should, how many pages should be in the proof how many pages you need to design and what to do, right? And that also shows you the scope of the whole thing, all right? Now that's just the design part. There's also the functionality part, especially if it's like e-commerce, there's a lot of stuff you need to think about. And that's a lot of functionality. We're gonna, you know what? I can actually talk about e-commerce websites and how crazy they can be for like months, but I won't in this one, in this episode, maybe later. Uh, but yeah, so, um, as long, so having a good sitemap is a really good starting point. And 
that shows you the scope of what you're doing and actually and while you're making the sitemap add the functionality of the pages but then there's going to be a lot of functionality that that could happen in the back end especially for e-commerce and that will go in the next page where things are itemized all right so now we need to think about um how things are itemized Ooh. so if you understood the client properly and you're writing out your stuff in your proposal. Of course, you have the sitemap, so you understand uh, how the site is gonna be put together. Uh, you also have to understand the uh, the special functionalities that the uh, client might need. For example, if this is a wholesale website, uh, are people blocked from seeing the prices until they are logged in and authorized to see the prices? I've done that website. I've done a website like that before. It's not too hard with a, the PHP uh, function, but um, it did sound pretty crazy. Like, what? Why? You know? And anyways, so that kind of stuff. There's a lot of functions that they might need. If, if not, that's good. But even if it's a brochure website, if there's a lot of text, if there's a lot of info that you might need to hide into a toggle, there's a lot of things that you can do. There's a lot of functionality and you think about and that all comes from the brief and then when you are writing your proposal you put all that stuff in there just to not only show that you understood what the fuck they're trying to say what the what the hell they want but also to make sure you know what you're going to be doing all right now that's my chair I, i'm sure you know by now uh so now the thing is how important is this itemization of of functions and stuff right because if it's just like I don't know like a brochure website where they just have a few images some paragraphs and you're done contact form and that's it right then how important is that well even setting up a contact form well I, I actually style everything by hand myself so uh, even if even just setting up I do have a lot of templates for that, but even just setting up a contact form takes some work. And that um, should have a certain amount of hours that it's gonna take to not only design, but also put together, you know? Uh, if they, for example, have some layouts that they, they're putting up and all that, if, if you have images up there, you're actually gonna be putting, you're, you're actually gonna be doing image optimization you're gonna be doing asset management. Those are all things that you need to do and that can be itemized, right? So if you think about everything you're doing, then there's actually a lot of stuff. And once you start doing that a few times or if you just sit down and really, really think about what you are going to be doing for this whole project, you can think about all the items that will come in, right? Now, it's gonna be a lot a lot of items that you're actually going to be doing because finishing a website has a lot of stuff going on. You can't just put in item number one, set up hosting, item number two, you know, upload website and done. You can't do that, you know? So it's going to be a lot of stuff. And the thing is, clients don't even know what image optimization is clients don't even know that and you know like i i see i see i've seen <laughs> i've seen clients upload like three four megabyte 
files like PNG files that don't even compress and just put up like four or five megabyte files just for an icon like what are you doing you know like just as you know and and then they complain like why is my web page like 30 megabytes because you put up a fucking six megabyte file there you know so there's a lot of stuff that they have no idea it was even a thing and that is actually your expertise so you got to put that in there and if they ask you got to be ready to understand you got to be ready to explain what that is and not be like oh yeah well you know like if, if you write if you put in a lot of cool stuff right like like what you think is cool like server optimization and they're gonna ask you what is that like ah uh, I just buy an account and and I I have cPanel and 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 that's it. You can't do that, right? So, so um, of course you can put that in there, but at least have like you know just makes make sure you understand what you're doing. You know, yeah, yeah. And how much extra fluff? Well, like for example, a lot of people put in basic SEO into their items all the time. Basic SEO. Uh, what what are you doing actually not much they're not actually doing anything sometimes just it just says basic SEO it's just there and everybody's like oh SEO that's a good thing and then they're just fine with it and you don't actually do anything you just upload just I don't know install Yoast or all-in-one SEO and then just click okay 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 skip okay and then you're done like yeah SEO that's basic SEO like yeah that kind of that's bullshit, isn't it? You know, so um, there's if once once you start writing this all this stuff out, you'll see if it's fluff or not. You know, and as long as it's not like you know bullshit like that guy that I mentioned last time charging like hundred fucking something dollars just to you know purchase a domain, fuckhead. You know, like if as long as it's not that kind of shit, then I guess yeah. You know, so um, that all that kind of stuff. So we talked about sitemaps and we talked about itemizing, right? And that's itemizing is usually the functionality part. Um, sitemaps are uh, understanding the scope and how many, how much design is going to go in. And oh, by the way, if you think about this. If you think about how many pages are going to be designed, just from a design amount perspective, I guess that makes sense. E-commerce websites, WooCommerce, comes with basically it comes with um, by default a shop, which is the archive, a single product page, which is a post, a login page, an account page, a cart. And a checkout that's six pages in itself and if you start actually styling everything and not use just regular Divi but actually style it that's six extra pages and of course most people are going to style single product pages um, and shop pages um, maybe not login account cart checkouts because you know because it just follows the Divi color uh, main accent color or whatever um, I, I style everything by hand, everything uh, with SAS, but um, 
if even if you don't, there's you, there there could be problems there, and you might have to uh, uh, optimize those pages as well. So even just boilerplate default WooCommerce comes with six extra pages that you need to style, and then there's a bunch of functionality because you got payment gateways and and I don't know coupons, subscriptions, whatever the fuck. There's so many things in WooCommerce, so. Um, that's why e-commerce websites tend to become more expensive, you know? Yeah. All right. So uh, put all those things together, right? And then if once you itemize them, sometimes what I used to do, and because this is because I actually do a lot of um, development, which is post-development, you know? Like if somebody makes a website and there are things that they can't do or th something's broken, they come to me and I have to fix an ugly website. So <laughs> that happens so many times. Oh man, soul crushing to try to fix an ugly website. Uh, anyways, so when that when that happens for me, itemizing the points that they wanted is very important. It's really important that everything that they needed is on the proposal, and I actually put in how many hours it takes to do each of those. Depends. But really well broken down proposals, I sometimes do that, and um, I don't think I've ever had anybody question that because not only does it look does it look really detailed, it it, it is. But uh, from their perspective, even if they try to uh, try to cut down the price or if they try to negotiate, um, and they're like, "Oh, why does this take two hours?" When I when I heard from this guy, it takes that, that I can explain. No, it doesn't, fuckhead. Because I have to do this, you know. And if you think that guy can do it better, just go to him. Fuck that, you know. So I itemize things. If if it's a very specific thing that I need to do, I do itemize it. Um, if it's a larger uh, project, then I use larger uh, items like um, design. It becomes one thing not like which this page design that page design this design I don't do each small minor detail items but larger things of course you know so um, just a good balance of all of those and then you get your whole idea and then you start putting things together and if you get an idea especially if you're actually putting hours next to how many uh, next to each item you actually get a pretty good idea of how much time it's gonna take you and that will give you a pretty good idea of how much your projects will cost. That's what you're going to send to the client. Wait, hope that they say yes and go ahead. Cool. All right. So we can talk about the next step in some other episode. And for now, what we're going to do is we're going to go to the news. And I got some pretty funny things uh, this time. So let's go to the news. So the first one is from a website called B-Bomb. I have no idea what this means. Uh, I sh I don't know. I don't know what this means. What the, what the hell is B-Bomb? About Us. I'll click on their About Us. Why are you B-Bomb? Um, no, there's nothing. 
BeeBomb is one of the leading consumer technology websites aimed at helping people understand and use technology in a better way. So, nothing. It means nothing. It means nothing. Oh well. Whatever. Anyways, that's not important. I just found this here. So this is on BeeBomb.com. <laughs> BeeBomb.com. Uh, the title of this uh, article is Instagram reportedly threatened users with removal of verified status. So they threatened people that they're going to get rid of your verified status, which is the blue check mark or whatever, for posting Snapchat content. What? So this is what? Um, Anti-competitive behavior, is that it? Um, goes into um, uh, uh, FTC stuff, right? So it seems that Snapchat and Facebook are not very good friends, <laughs> to say the least. Um, so, and, and in this article, it says um, Snapchat lawyers were so frustrated over Facebook um, that they straight up named their internal document Project Voldemort, which is um, the he who should not be named or whatever, Voldemort. Tom Riddle or whatever, I don't know. Um, so, the re yeah. So what they're what they're saying is Instagram and also Facebook, I guess. Um, they are trying to block Instagram influencers, especially um, trying to block influencers from not only posting their own Snapchat content, but also uh, any links to it and all that kind of stuff and the. Hashtag Snapchat is hidden from Instagram search results. What the fuck? That's so shady. Yeah, what the fuck Instagram? Anyways. So, yeah, and of course, you know, the blue check mark, the blue tick uh, is on everybody's verified status if you're verified, but they threatened to take that off. And it, I guess the verified status is important for people like celebrities or I don't know, whoever. So yeah, that's what they're doing. So it's very anti-competitive behavior. Uh, Facebook, no surprise that they are being fuckhead assholes. So yeah, uh, I think that, I forgot what the movie was. It's a very uh, it's an old stupid movie, but I think there was a there was a it had Seth Rogen in it, Adam Sandler in it. I don't know. Um, there was a it was, it was this guy was performing for MySpace and he actually said fuck Facebook in the face, and I thought that was hilarious. But MySpace got fucked in the face by Facebook. <laughs> and uh, Facebook bought Instagram, so they're all fuckheads. But um, yeah, so there's no escaping them at the moment. So this is um important news for some people. All right, so yeah, Snapchat, I don't care, who cares? I don't even use either of them, so uh, yeah. Oh, cool. Anyway, so let's go on to the next uh, piece of news. This is also about another large asshole company by the name of Jugal. No, Gujal, no, <laughs> I like that. I think that's funny. Um, I, I saw this guy, this um, designer say Amazon, just 
just to be funny and he just acted like he was just saying Amazon but he just said Amazon I thought that was hilarious I don't know if I've said this before but Amazon was hilarious so I'm just gonna go with Google uh, so yeah Google Google announces new privacy and this is on Android police so cool alright so it's, the title is Google announces new privacy features and upgrades its password manager okay so Google is showing off new privacy features so people will think Google is not selling your data yep that's it right so fuck off Google you know fuck off of course they, that's how they make their money you know so it's not, it's not gonna happen upgrades is password manager yeah password managers are good I mean if you get compromised I mean, I don't think Google will get compromised easily, but if you get compromised and if you if Google actually gets hacked and loses a lot of its passwords, that's going to be a f fucking crazy fiasco, you know? So, yeah, I mean, with Google passwords, I understand that they it's better that they do that. So, that's cool. But privacy settings, I don't believe you. Fuck you. Uh even even when you're using Google Maps, it tracks you you know like they know and when you're not Google using Google Maps they actually track you there's a setting that you can go in and check to tell Google Maps to not actively track you when you are not using Google Maps and even though you told the app to not track you and only track you when you're using the app it doesn't actually do that so fuck off Google anyways they 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 say that they're gonna try to act like they're being good, that they're gonna be they're gonna be nice. So Google Maps is gonna have an incognito mode. So cool. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that's gonna be for. So that means you know incognito mode actually means that it hides your history. It it doesn't. You don't have a history once you close incognito mode, right? Incognito browsers. If you close it, it doesn't keep the uh, the history. So is that what they're trying to do? Trying to hide where you've been searching on maps I don't know whatever anyways let's go to the next one uh, this one is actually really nice I really like this one this is from fast company and title is a new repository of the web's best portfolios helps you design yours like a pro so this is about pro portfolios it's about portfolios um so uh, this website is really cool and I can talk more about this once we get to resources because this is actually a really good resource so let's go to resources resources now this website is called humans.fyi <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> for humans.fyi I didn't even know this TLD was open what kind of TLD is that all right TLD is top-level domain it's the .com .com.au uh, you know dot there's a .pk I actually wanted I was very interested in getting a .pk uh, it's Pakistani so 
I don't think I can get it, but yeah, like that'd be cool, right? Like design.pk sounds really cool. I'm pretty sure a Pakistani company has it, but anyways. Um, so FYI is a, a, a top level domain. What the fuck, like, shit, I, I want to get it, you know? Like, you should get it. What, what, what do you get? Like, rolleyes.fyi, or, you know, like, what? Ah, so, f yeah, I just want to do something with that. But, anyways, um, oh, yeah, by the way, .au is going to open up soon. Still not. Um, still waiting for it, but, yeah. Uh, there's only a few words that end with AU. Like, I shouldn't be saying this. Because what if you, someone, so, alright. Anyway, plateau ends with an AU, and that's the only word. Bureau and plateau are the only two words that I thought were worth getting a .au for. <laughs> it's not much use. What are you going to do with plateau? You know? How do you, what's plateau? It's plateau.au. Is it plateau.au? No, it's plateau, but the t last two letters have a dot in front of it, and it's just stupid. It's just stupid. But I thought, uh, that's, yeah. Anyways, so if you go to humans.fyi, uh, it's really cool. It's it's got a bunch of cards. It's a grid of cards, and it shows a bunch of uh, design web, web design web pages. Um, some of them I've seen uh, floating around as really good uh, uh, portfolios, and some of them, most of them, are really new and pretty cool. The great thing about this is on the left side, it actually has a bunch of colors. You know, if you click that color, it shows you the websites that have it. If I click on red, it shows you websites that use red as a prominent color. So all the websites have a bunch of colors underneath it, and it will filter that. And that's really cool. I think that's really cool. So if you need inspiration of whatever color, see how somebody used this color, this is how you do it. You can go here, just click on a color, and you can check it out. It's really cool. So. Uh, yeah, just check it out. I think I think it's really great. You can share it. Uh, who cares? Uh, but yeah, you can go visit it, of course. So it's it's really nice. I think uh, humans.fyi. <laughs> humans.fyi. Uh, what is that supposed to even mean? Fucking, what is it supposed to mean? Like, um, humans for your information? What? Yeah, anyways. It's pretty cool. So check that out. Uh, next, let's go to sharpen.design. Now, dot designs have been around for a while, and I think dot designs are really cool. I think that's really cool um, because it's a it's a really easy uh, TLD, and I think people can not only understand it, uh, it just looks like you know it's it's very clear on what you do, you know. But uh, sharpen dot design, it's, it's about sharpening your design. All right, so if you go here, it actually gives you some prompts like simple briefs and it gives you an idea for you to practice on. For example, I'm, I'm on sharpen.design right now and the, the, the hero section just, it just shows me uh, for all prompts, give me a new challenge, either branding, marketing, or product or user interface. It says design a half page magazine ad for an ISP. ISP is internet service provider, so design a half page magazine ad for an internet service provider. That's your challenge. You can even time yourself. Uh, maybe you can click refresh and get a new challenge. Design an admin interface for a high school. Wow. New challenge. Design a purchase flow for GitHub and try an unusual style. Wow. Design an event invitation for a law firm in Italy. 
that is so cool you know like all this stuff so these are this website is actually recommended by designers at uh, Google uh, Creative Mornings RISD RISD is um or is it uh, Rhode Island School of Design it's, yeah I, I try to <laughs> want it to go there um, Shopify Udemy Flux I don't know Flux but yeah so it's it's recommended by designers there it's it's yeah so it's uh it's really it really helps flex and um, sharpen your design all right so check that out it's pretty cool uh, next and last one on our list is doka.photo these are all pretty interesting TLDs you know because you know dot coms are used quite up quite everywhere now so it's, you know uh, oh, by the way, I do have almost inevitable dot design. I don't do anything with it yet because I don't have time for my own portfolio, but uh, it's there. It's mine. So don't touch. Anyways, <laughs> nobody cares. Nobody cares about my domain. Um, anyway, so doka.photo is an image editor, free online image editor, and it just works in your browser. You don't need to download software. You can just edit in your browser so if you have a Chromebook it's pretty good uh, if you don't have any um, proper image editing software you can use this it's pretty cool uh, they don't upload anything everything happens in the browser so it's it's pretty cool give it a check alright okay so I think I went through all that stuff that was pretty good need a sip of water I've been talking for what 40 minutes Oh, only 40 minutes that was pretty short that's good all right so um, thank you for joining in yeah so I'll see you in the next episode check out almostinevitable.com I always have new tutorials not always I try to make new new tutorials uh, I'm always busy doing this and that I might have a new um, name your own price course coming up real soon for um, uh, local host installations installations yep and uh yeah stay uh stick around and we'll 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 do more stuff all right cool uh have a great day and i'll see you in the next episode bye bye